Not Just Football with Cam Hayward is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Glad to hear that, though. I'm glad to hear you and Brady got a cool little relationship building. It's not a relationship. Calm down. It is. It's Tom, we are, we are, you and Cam are BFFs 4L, and he's coming on the week of Michigan-Ohio State. All right? All right. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Not Just Football with me, your host, Cam Hayward. I'm excited this week. We finally got a win. It's been a while, but we get to dive right into it uh, with my producer and longtime friend, Hayden Walsh. How are you feeling this week? Good. Much better than the last three weeks or four weeks or whatever it's been. Really excited to hear how you saw the game and just happy that you're in a much better mood today after a win. Yeah, uh, I am not a great person to be around. Um, after losing these games, um, I take these things for very personal and, um, you know, my kids and my wife, uh, can attest to that, but, uh, you know, what a great win, um, you know, playing against, a, a really, uh, good opponent. Everybody knows Tom Brady, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Now on the other side, you got guys like Carlton Davis, uh, Vita Vea, Devin White. Um, they all are some true ballers out there. So, um, you know, we had to battle. Um, was it an easy game? No, they weren't going to make it an easy game. Playing Tom Brady is never an easy game. Um, but I thought we did some really good things on defense in the red zone. I thought we stepped up only surrendering one touchdown uh, was huge in that game. Um, and then on offense, I thought we did a really good job of, you know, it, it, first and second down might have been great. But third down, third and longs, we were able to overcome that. George Pickens, uh, Chase Claypool, some big catches. Uh, and then even my little brother got in the mix as well. So it, it was a good feeling to finally get that monkey off your back. And let's let's try to stack some wins now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right. The third downs were a crucial part of the game. And Mitch Trubisky made a bunch of huge third down plays. How did you see that? A guy you had to feel good for. Got benched earlier, but came back in. Actually, was played a huge role in the win. Yeah, I think for Mitch, it was awesome seeing him bounce back from adversity. Um, nobody wants to get replaced. Nobody wants to uh, be benched. But we have to wait our moments. And if we're ready for our moments, uh, we can do some special things. Uh, and, you know, can he get in hurt? Uh, you know, Mitch stepping up in that moment, uh, we needed somebody. And, you know, you don't just vote a captain. You're not just voted a captain because uh, you're the quarterback. It's because you know how to lead. And uh, he did a great job on Sunday, extending some plays with his feet, um, with his mobility. And then, uh, you know, I think with that mobility, he was able to deliver some really good passes. The one that not everybody's talking about is the uh, – um, the one to seal the game to Chase Claypool, you know, him scrambling out, uh, Chase going one way, then coming back, uh, the ball being on point, Chase staying inbounds. Um, what a great play it was. Um, and then we cannot forget this. This is the first wide receiver touchdown of the 2022 season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, a red zone pass from Mitch Trubisky to uh, Chase Claypool. Um, you know, it was a, it was a rocket in there, but these guys, uh, finally connected. Um, hopefully we can get some more touchdowns for our wide receivers, but, uh, it's a good way to finally get in the red, get in the touchdown. Happy for Claypole. He played great. 
And I also think that throw that you're talking about for the touchdown was a great throw by Mitch. And especially coming mm-hmm. off the bench to be able to have the confidence to make that throw, really happy for him. I think we have to talk about, though, the big longest play of the year, I believe, for the Steelers. 45, 48-yard catch by Connor Hayward. He was dead at the 15. He should have gotten the end zone, if we're being quite honest about it. But I'm happy for him, and he made a huge play in the game. He did make a huge play. I'm very proud of him for being ready to you know, step up in that moment. If you look at that play, there's a lot of things going on. We went hurry up and used pace to our advantage. And you see they were trying to um, switch personnels. With that, Vita Vea is running off the sideline. And he doesn't get off in time. So it becomes a broken play on their side because now we get a free play. And you even see uh, one of their linebackers signaling for a timeout. Um, But nobody looks for the linebacker to call it. Usually timeouts are either called from a quarterback's perspective or it's called from a coach's on the sideline. So nobody's really paying attention to the linebacker. And Connor just floats right behind him. Uh, is in the right you know spot, but uh, you know I'm glad he ca- caught the ball. But he's got to finish that, you know. But I, I was very proud of him in that moment to uh, make a big play like that. Um, we're gonna need some more going down, and you know what a way to step up when Pat Fryerman, um, you know, was down with a concussion. You know, it's about seizing those opportunities as a young guy, and knowing they can count on you. So, you know, hopefully this is just a building block in his career. Yeah, no, and as a whole, I thought he played pretty good. I mean, it was his first real getting his real NFL action, and he the moment didn't seem too big. He caught several passes, and he looks like he could maybe be a security blanket down the road, which is nice. Um, really happy for Connor, though, and happy for you guys. Um, all right, so how'd the defense play? Break it down. I don't think they gave up too much rushing, so you should be a little happy about that. Yes. Uh, I, the goal going into this game was to not let Leonard Fournette go north to south. Um, when he goes north to south, you see those plays where he's running over DBs full speed, and it does not look pretty. Um, like I said before, I thought the red zone defense was humongous. Um, I thought we did a great job of, um, you know, getting off the field uh, on some some third downs. Great pressure up the middle. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi played very well. Alex Highsmith had a sack. Um, you know, I thought there was good pressure up the mil- middle, so he had to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I think our linebackers played very well. Elaine, uh, uh, Miles Jack, you know, Devin Bush. Um, Devin coming up with the the, the PBU at the end. Uh, Miles Jack getting his fingers up just a little bit to tip the ball. Uh, so it sailed on one of the receivers in the red zone. Uh, Spillane, you know, he had to play nickel in a couple defenses. We, we mixed it up. Um, but I think a game ball definitely has to go out to our, our secondary, man. A lot of these guys, we were just getting to learn, um, you know, Josh Jackson, uh, Elijah Riley, you know, and, and others. I just think James Pierre had to step up. Arthur Millette, I, Terrell Edmonds had a, a big boy game. You know, he, 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 I felt like he played downhill a lot of times, uh, communicated on the back end. You know, I just thought it was an overall good defensive effort. Was it perfect? No. But I thought to win a game like that and to only surrender one touchdown versus a a really good um, quarterback and some really good wide receivers and a downhill running back, uh, we did a pretty good job. 
the secondary was amazing. I mean, especially that's a tough task. Godwin's awesome. Evans is really good. And like you said, you mentioned early in the week, they give the ball to Fournette a lot too. So it's all, you've got to come down with uh, tackling intentions. Um, did I see you guys never brought more than four or five or something like that? Some crazy stat that broke a record for you guys, which I think that is a huge way how you beat Brady. How did you evaluate the pass rush? Obviously you said Heisman, that we played well. Larry O was great. How happy are you with your play at the pass rush? Uh, you know, I think you, you take it week by week. I thought it was better this week. Um, just trying to get better. You know, pass rush is something that's not just one time you hit home. Uh, it's multiple times setting up moves, uh, making sure uh, if this move works, what can I do off of it? Having counters in store. All those play a big part. Uh, I thought there were some good instances right there, mixing it up, doing different things. But, uh, you know, you're only, you can't just get judged off of one game. You know, we got to do it next week. Uh, we're playing a good offense in the Miami Dolphins, and I look forward to breaking down down later. But I just thought the pass rush was very, very sound and solid, very uh, educated rushers for the most part. And you know, you have to you have to have four man rushes to beat him. It's not blitzing most of the time. I think when we were watching the sack reel, you know, during our film study. There was only one time we saw where they had a blitz that they, they had a blitz used against them that hit home for a sack. So most of the times you're getting home with four or three um, and mixing it up that way. Yeah, no, great effort. Happy for you guys to bounce back from a tough one last week. Um, I saw you and Brady chatting it up a little bit. How was that? And what was the conversation like? Uh, during the game or after the game? Thank you. Okay, so dur- give during the game first because it looked like you two were kind of having a fun moment there. Uh, there was a couple times. There, were, you know, there was one time I saw him talking to the refs, and I went over and I said, "What's going on here?" And he said, "You're, you're in the you're in the backfield too much. That's what's wrong." <laughs> so then uh, there was another time during the game, um, and I think this is where everybody saw the picture. You know, we uh, we were able. They gave up the touchdown, but we didn't surrender the two point. Um, because of Devin Bush and the communication on the back end. And I see Brady start to, you know, jaw with the reps and he's trying to get closer. I'm like, nah, you're not talking to the reps. We're not doing that. This isn't going to be a thing where y'all keep going back and forth. So I just stood my ground, just, you know, boxed out, use some of my, my offensive, uh, my, use some of my defensive uh, bas- basketball drills. So uh, I walled him off right there. And then after the game, we were just, uh, you know, I've always been appreciative of it of his game. Uh, he's a heck of a competitor. He's the GOAT. Like, you know, I don't think there's anybody that's done what he's done in our league. And, you know, I, I, I said good game, said I'm going to need a jersey. I don't like asking Michigan uh, people for their jerseys. So, uh, you know, I it was humbling, um, but, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for him. Well, and now you mentioned Michigan. Maybe he can come on Michigan, Ohio State week. Tom, if you ever hear this, come on for that week. Um, I do want to know, though, um, what was – did you see – excuse me. Did you see him yelling at his O-line during the game? I didn't see it during the game. I saw it after the game. I got to see a couple of videos. Um, You know, as a defensive lineman, you kind of like that. Uh, it, it tells you something's going right on your side for the most part. So, uh, you know, most of the time if, uh, you know, a quarterback's getting into his O-line or, you know, the the OC or the O-line coach is trying to regroup, we're doing something right. 
One thing I am curious about with him too, how much shit does he talk during the game? Oh man. Uh, I don't know. You know, for as many times as we've played him, it's not like we've talked a lot of junk. You know, I try to stay pretty focused. I'll, I'll talk junk if you, if you put me in that way and you know, you, you want to go down that, that road, but I'm not just going out of my way, you know, because we had so many different guys in my main thing was I need to communicate as much as possible with the guys on our side. So I, I, I definitely think we stressed that this week. So there wasn't a lot of trash talking on our, our side. Yeah, I just know sometimes you've seen those videos where he's just going at it with a defender. I think Richard Sherman and him got into it once and a couple of other guys. But yeah, glad to hear that, though. I'm glad to hear you and Brady got a cool little relationship building. It's not a relationship. Calm down. It is. It's, Tom, we are, we are, you and Cam are BFFs 4L, and he's coming on the week at Michigan, Ohio State. All right. All right. All right. All right. I want to go a little Tomlin translator. We're going to put you on the spot here. Coach T, following, his, following in in this press conference this morning, I'll open up the questions, or maybe you want to talk to me about what Ryan Clark said this week. <laughs> um, I mean, come on. You know, when you got to answer questions from former players that are on ESPN, you know, or on other um, networks, it's, it's tough. Um, you want to be responsible for the 53 men in that locker room and the practice squad and the organization. Uh, but when you have to answer questions about other stuff, it, it just becomes besides the point um, because nobody's going to win. If you're talking about a guy that, you know, did play and um, what he said, that's just, that's, that's pointless. Like guys, we want, we all want to win. And if I have to answer questions about what another man said that doesn't, that's not in this locker room, what are we doing here? <laughs> No, I think it's funny too. I mean, I also understand why people want to ask about Ryan Clark because he's been so close to the, to Tomlin and the team. So I understand. I just thought that quote was funny. And I think we're going to continue playing Tomlin translators the year goes on because the guy is a great quote. So, um, well, I want to know who really asked Ryan about Ryan's, um, uh, comments the first time. Like you really think you were going to get a straight answer from Mike T after that? Like, <laughs> like you're only setting yourself up to, you're, you're, you're giving them bullets at that point. Well, and I like that, though. I like that he uses it against the media. I mean, that's why we need Tomlin Translator every week. I mean, he the guy is gold. So, um, okay, Cam, and I got one more Tomlin Translator I want to go into. Um, he was asked today about the truth of a report between Deontay Johnson and Mitchell Trubisky yelling at each other at halftime of the Jets game. Um, and did that contribute to his benching and Kenny playing? I'm not asking you to comment on that. I'm asking you to rate his response and tell me how you like it as your coach talking like this. If it were, do you think I would share that with you in this environment? Probably not. I think it was perfectly said like that. You know, I think what's in our house is in our house. Not everybody needs to understand that. Um, and, you know, Coach T, you know, he, he owns it. He, he makes us all feel that um, what's, what stays in our locker room stays in our locker room. There's other reports. We don't need to comment on that. Like, that's whoever was there deals with it. I also think it's crappy that after a win, y'all are talking about this stuff. Like we should be yeah, excited and celebrating the win. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like what the hell are we asking this question for? Man, we got bigger fish to fry right now. We're about to go down to the Miami Dolphins and play a team that, you know, I think is third in passing. So we got, we got our work cut out for us right there. We can't be just worried about, 
he said, she said, this isn't what we're doing right now. Yeah, I know. I just, I thought we would ask you one more Tomlin's and Jason's and we hope you stay tuned and continue to translate his, what he says for us. Oh man, I hope I'm doing okay. Cause Mike T be out there sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get tougher as the year goes on. You watch. Yeah. I just, hopefully it's not anything to deal with me. Cause then I'm not, I'm not going to know what the hell he's talking about. Man, now I'm hoping for a quote about you. A nice uh, one, but a quote. I pray not. All right, people. We're brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app ever, and honestly, the only one you need. It's not just about the big bonuses and boosts and promos that you get. It's the fact that every time you bet, whether you win or lose, you're earning towards the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Free stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. That's because when you download the Caesars Sportsbook app, you become a Caesars Rewards member, and that means perks. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Lions, Tigers, and tailgates. Oh, my. The college football season is always a great time of year. Besides the jerseys, the face paint, and foam fingers, there's the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckridge Smoked Sausage. They are naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, Eckridge Smoked Sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to your tailgate meals. Visit Eckridge.com for easy, one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckridge, you do you. Football season is here, and nothing beats your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great NFL ticket prices, they are also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. Let's move to Thursday night football. We got Saints, Cardinals. Who you got in that matchup? And obviously the, the Cardinals just got a new addition in Robbie Anderson, who we can talk about him in a minute. Hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know who's going to start a quarterback this week. Is it going to be Dalton? Is it going to be Jameis? Um, you know, I love the New Orleans defense. I think they are very stout up front. Cam Jordan, um, you know, they've got some really good uh, uh, DBs as well. Um, but, you know, it's going to come down to the quarterback position. If they, you know, if they have good quarterback play, and I think they had pretty good quarterback play with Andy Dalton last week. But, um, you know, it's it, what it didn't I hear that Call of Duty got released last week? And so that was the reason, that was the reason why, uh, you know, uh, Kyler Murray struggled. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it should be a fun week. Um, I'm not a big fan of Thursday night games because, man, guys are already beat up from Sunday. But uh, it should be interesting. Yeah, they're just not very good games. I just don't think teams have enough time to game plan and recover to make them good games. Um, the Kyler Murray thing is funny because I think Call of Duty get, did get released last week. So he's going to have to play well this week to crush that narrative. Um, but Robbie Anderson, we didn't, even talk about, we didn't even talk about Hollywood Brown just got injured too. So, well, and yeah, and that and, led and, to the Robbie Anderson, um, trading, but, um, we'll see, you know, Robbie Anderson can stretch the field, but I don't know what all transpired during the Carolina game to get traded like that, but man, uh, 
when when are they getting uh, D Hop back? That, that's I think it's thing. this week. I think he's Ooh. back this week. I think he's well, back this week. That ch- that could change the game dramatically. You know, now you got Robbie Anderson and D Hop. Uh, that's definitely on the up and up. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, man, Robbie Anderson going from Carolina to Arizona in about two days is man. <laughs> you couldn't have asked for anything like that. That was one of the fastest trades I've ever seen in NFL history. That dude was traded on like Sunday, it felt like. Um, But, you know, I mean, and and it is going to be interesting to see him and Hopkins back. My question is, does Hopkins have some limitations, you think, because he's been suspended or because he's coming off suspension and hasn't played? I think he's been in the the, um, locker room. So I don't think there's going to be any limitations that way. Um, Hopefully uh, he's been around the guys and um, has got a chance to, you know, communicate with the coaching staff before then. But uh, we'll see. Um, you know, I think you think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have more of the playbook than Robbie Anderson. You're not going to overload Robbie Anderson the first week um, because you're still learning lingo and how we call plays and stuff. And, um, you know, Cl- uh, what's his name? King Clingsbury. Yeah, yeah, I can't even say that. It's a mouthful. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, he's so in tune in calling the plays. And I heard he might give up play calling. But now you're bringing in a wide receiver who needs to learn the entire playbooks. Uh, that's not going to happen. So you're really going to rely on a guy like James Conner um, and then um, really rely on DeAndre Hopkins as well. If Connor's healthy, I don't think he played last week, so they're going to need him. Um, one thing I do want to ask you, last thing on the this Saints-Cardinals game, because you play the Saints, I think, in like three weeks, four weeks, will you watch? I know you don't always watch. Will you watch this one, though? Nope. Um, You're not going to watch it. Not going to watch it. I got. I got to watch some Dolphins football. Um, you know, we we got a Sunday night game, um, and my 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 main focus is on uh, the Dolphins right now. Um, and you know, we'll get to the Saints when we get to the Saints. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Dolphins. You expecting Tua to play? I know there's been reports he will. What are you expecting? I'm expecting him to play. Um, you know. I, I think he hasn't played since week four. Uh, so, you know, I think he's well-rested and hopefully he's, he's well-rested from the concussion. You know, I think he's going into thinking he's got to play. Um, how different is it preparing for him or Teddy or is it Skylar Thompson? I don't know if he's still, if he's healthy, I'm not sure. But how different is it comparing to all three of them? Well, I think with Teddy, um, when we played Teddy last year, Teddy gets the ball very, very quick. And I think Tua lets, you know, plays build up a little bit, you know, use that dolphin speed to their advantage. Um, You know, Tua can move around a little bit more. Teddy's taken on, um, you know, a lot more wear and tear throughout the years. But Tua can move around through the pocket. Um, Left-hander versus right-handed throwing uh, is another thing. So um, when we rush uh, and a a left-hander is throwing, so – if you're turned like this, right, it's hard mm-hmm. to even show you on screen. But, you know, the, the, the left side of our defense is now the blind side for the most part because the way they throw the ball, and I, I, hopefully I'm saying this right, but if you were turned <laughs> the, the right way, usually the right side would be, um, you know, if you're a right-handed quarterback, the blind side is the right side of our defense. So that plays a big part. Um, and, you know, we just have to, we have to be ready for QB mobility this week. And 
big plays because they have a lot of big plays. Tariq Hill stretches that field better than anybody. And um, Moster, um, you know, number 31, the running back, he is one of the fastest running backs in our league. So we got to make sure we get after him. How much of a challenge is the speed with the two receivers and then you add Mostert in there? You know, we've talked so much about our our secondary being beat up. Um, hopefully we get some guys back and they have rested uh, hamstrings because they're going to need them this week. Um, you know, their, their, their speed is everything. Um, you know, to be able to stretch a defense like that, um, you know, it, it, it paid a lot of dividends in KC. Being able to have Tariq Hill, him, you know, having Kelsey underneath and then Tariq Hill deep uh, was always a big thing for them. But now you look at it as now you got Gasicki in the middle um, and then you got a, a guy like Tariq Hill really stretching it again. So it's going to, you know, definitely stress us. So we got to make sure we run to the ball, take good angles. Uh, and even if you have those angles, you, you always don't get to them. Boy, and even Waddle. I mean, Waddle's extremely fast, too. I mean, they are extremely fast on offense, and that's going to be a huge challenge. Um, it's. I was interested, though. You said that with Tua and the defense having to kind of flip how they, you know, the blind side, whatever. Mm-hmm. How First off, how does that change the defense, the way you play? It doesn't change the way you play. It's just a matter of how you strip the ball. Um, you know, when we would play a right-handed quarterback as a, le- as a right-side defender – you're coming around, you you always come around like this. Uh, but now um, that opportunity is really given to the left side of the defense. Um, so we, we got to uh, adjust to that a little bit. Um, you know, I think they're getting uh, Armstead, uh, their left tackle they signed from the New Orleans Saints back this week. So, um, you know, they're going to have some really good pieces back to them this week. So we got to be on, on full tilt this week. Uh, I'm curious about this too. On average, how much tape do you think you watch in a given week? Oh, man. Um, are you talking uh, including, like, with, uh, like, the team and stuff? Cause... Out, I'd say outside of team. Outside of the team. Because obviously I think everybody knows you guys have group sessions, and we understand that. What do those go? A couple hours? I mean – yeah. Um, but how much are you bringing it home? I mean, I've seen it. I know I've seen you on a before Sunday night game going over an iPad, looking at tape. So I'm just curious, yeah. how, much, how much do you think you look at in your free time? Uh, hour, hour and a half a day. Um, and just, you know, whether it's watching um, the run plays throughout the week, watching the third down plays, first and second, um, first, second and long plays. Uh, third, third and manageable, third and long plays, sack reels, um, you know, and then you, you, then you start to break it down by different personnels, um, you know, one, one running back, uh, one tight end, two tight ends, one running back, um, you know, w- that all comes into effect. That way you can play fast on Sunday. Um, you know, if you can understand tendencies, then you can play a lot faster and take some chances. I'm glad you said that. There was a play in the game I saw going around on Twitter where it looked like you stood up and called. You basically called what the play was. How quickly or how hard is it to find tendencies like that on an offensive lineman? Or what did you see on that play? I forget what it was. What do you see, though, on offensive linemen that give you an idea of what's coming? I can't re- I can't reveal all my Jedi line tricks. You're, you're going to get me in trouble. 
Okay, um, I will. Uh, sorry about that. I guess I didn't think that. Way. <laughs> this is supposed to be a personal conversation. I forget it's being broadcast. I know, uh, but you know, I think you, you look. You look at stances. You look at um, tendencies with different players in there. Um, you know, a lot of things is um, if people repeat plays they've had success for, how how quick are you to react to it? How much you know if they got a positive play on that their first time they ran it. If they go back to it and they might show you a different look, um, how, how fast can you pick that up? Um, you know, I've always been fortunate to have really good coaches who've um, gave me really good game reports. And I, I study the mess out of those. Um, I make sure that uh, I take detailed notes, um, you know, and so when I get those moments and I have a key, oh, you're in trouble now. Yeah, uh, well, that's good to know. One last thing on the Dolphin game. We've talked a bunch about this already this year. Sunday night, are you still concerned about the heat in Miami? I know it's October, but it's still hot. It's still hot. Uh, It's still swimsuit season in uh, Miami. So, um, you know, I'll just make sure I bring my my swimsuit. I'm ready for it. Uh, You know, it's it's Miami. You you understand it's a different humidity there. Uh, You got to make sure – you know, you're getting plenty of sleep. Uh, make sure you're hydrating uh, because if you're if you're not hydrating by now, uh, you're already at a disadvantage by Friday and Saturday. I was going to say, is this a week you maybe drink a little extra water? A lot of a lot of extra water. My liquid death. I get after it. You know, uh, nice. You know, I love my water. Um, but uh, you know, you got to make sure you stay hydrated, dude. Like, I what was it? The Buffalo game. They lost almost all their offensive linemen when they went down to Miami. Uh, it, and then you watch Josh Allen just like, you know, he's dapping up guys after the game, and he just looks physically exhausted. That is – Miami's not an easy place to play. No, it's definitely an advantage for them. Um, and I think Diggs actually left that game too. That, that game was – that's scary to play football in September in Miami. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, let's move on to what I think is probably the biggest story of the weekend. Um, Alabama losing in Knoxville this week in a in an absolute shootout. Did you get to watch that at least? I watched a little bit of it. Um... I think I turned it off when at halftime and I was like, Tennessee's got it. But Bama stormed back. Um, you don't really see that many times where a Bama defense gives up that many points. That was very concerning. 
you know, I know Tennessee's offense can light it up. Um, Hendon Hooker throws the best deep ball in college football right now. Um, and, you know, he's probably on his way to a Heisman other than C.J. Stroud having a chance to say something different. But, you know, uh, we'll see. This is, uh, you know, can Bama bounce back? And Tennessee's uh, still got some really quality – good quality opponents to go after, but, uh, you know, you could have in the SEC, you could have Tennessee with one loss. Uh, Georgia could win the SEC outright in the regular season, then lose the Bama in, you know, uh, in the, in the conference championship. And then you could have a one loss Ole Miss team. Mm -hmm. Nobody's even talking about Ole Miss. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that Ole Miss is seven and oh right now is pretty surprising. No, and they get Bama at home this year. Um, yeah. And, you know, and their defense has been a lot better. And if you give Lane Kiffin a defense, man, they've got a shot to beat anybody. You're right. That's a scary thought, I think, for the college football playoff because what do you do in that situation? Like, because what if you have one loss Michigan or a one loss Ohio State sitting there too and the other mm-hmm. wins the Big Ten? Like, you're going to, I mean, it's going to be, and then what if Clemson's undefeated? Um, it gets really interesting. Uh, it's exciting, though, man. There's a lot of teams in it. And you're absolutely right. Bama defenses don't give up. That many points. I think the last time he did it was Joe Burrow, but that's arguably one of the greatest offenses we've ever seen in college football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll say one thing. I'm not sold on Clemson just yet. And so we'll see when Clemson gets there, but there are some really good opponents in the in the SEC and Big Ten that, um, as of right now, look like they're on a collision course for the college playoff. Yeah, and I mean, also, I think USC probably should have won that game in Utah last week, which Mm. would have kept them in it. But if they went out, you never know. Um, All right, well, let's move on to your boys. They're a 29-point favorite at home. From That's from Caesar Sportsbook uh, against Iowa this year. Michigan beat Iowa in Iowa. I think Ohio State runs away with this. How are you seeing it? Is it in Iowa or at Ohio State? No, it's in Columbus, I think. I think I think we do cover. Um, it's never easy playing an Iowa team because they're always coached very well. But you know, uh, scale of one to ten um, of worry, I don't know if there's really a worry. Maybe three or four. But you know, you always want to respect the opponent. You never want to look over. Uh, we probably are getting some guys back healthy this week coming off a of bye, though. I, you know, Iowa always has a good defense and good special teams. Their offense this year is one of the worst in the country. They can't yeah. move the ball. Um, I don't see how they'll be able to even keep up with Ohio State. It's going to be ugly. I mean, it really is. And like I said, I, I don't think the Big Ten is very deep outside of Michigan and Ohio State. Um, and I think you guys win big this week, real big. Got to stay healthy, man. That's half the battle. It is. That's why I'm like, I don't think y'all, y'all will bring back everybody this week. You don't need to. I would. I, anybody who's hurt, I would just rest them until a real opponent comes up. Um All right, well, let's move on. Not just football. Sorry, Iowa. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but let's be real here. Not just football. We're going to go a little not just football topics here. The NBA season starts tonight, Tuesday. Um, Big game at 10 o'clock tonight. Lakers, Warriors. I know you'll watch that. Man, this past my bedtime. (laughs) I got to get some rest. I got to get ready for the Dolphins, man. Uh, You can't be having me stay up too late. But, uh, man, what happened to the games where – you know, uh, the West Coast games were at like nine o'clock. Now they got to be like at ten thirty. I can't do that. But I do think this is a, a really good game. Lakers at Warriors. You know, so many different storylines. Uh, 
obviously you'll talk about Anthony Davis. Um, is he ready? Is he is he healthy? Um, what's going to happen with Russ? LeBron going into his 20th season. And then on the flip side, you got the Warriors. Can they repeat? Uh, is is Clay back to being Clay? Um, Jordan Poole just signed a new deal. Wiggins just signed a new deal. Uh, Draymond just punched somebody. So now is he about to lose that deal? So all these things come into place. And, you know, we, we are – uh, we're treated to this and you know, it, it should be interesting going forward. Yeah. You just named every storyline possible there. Nice job. Um, all right, well, let's just break it down with this before we break, get into anything else about the Warriors, but mm -hmm. who wins tonight? I'm going Lakers. I'm going Lakers. So I they think, spoil I the think, ring ceremony. Yes. I think, uh, there's going to be a level of defense that we haven't seen from the Lakers in a little bit. Um, you got guys like Lonnie Walker, Pat Bev, I think top was it Thomas Bryant. Uh, one of the big men. No, I um, yeah, I didn't know they had him actually. Yeah, you know, I, I've been doing some 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 homework, uh, but uh, you know, we're, we're we're counting on some some younger guys. But uh, I think LeBron's going to be uh, sound. I know we don't have Schroeder uh, back yet. He just he just had surgery, but uh, you know, hopefully we can mix it up. Maybe Russ runs with the the second team a little bit, so he can spread the floor out a little bit more. So. But AD has got to be the main feature this year. I think that's where your bread and butter is. AD is, what, 29 years old? He's got to be the guy that, you know, steers the ship if they want to have a chance of winning a championship this year. I'm just concerned about the lack of shooting. I don't know they have enough shooting to beat Golden State. I'd probably go Warriors tonight. They're going to have a fun night on the ring night. So um, I'll go Warriors. We'll go head-to-head -head on that one. Um you obviously mentioned the Draymond drama there. Poole signed his extension. Wiggins got his extension as well. Do you think that uh, means Draymond's days are numbered here in a couple of years with the Golden State Warriors? You know, I think everybody likes to think like, oh, yeah, they signed these contracts, so now they can't pay anybody. Guys, they just went into the luxury tax. They obviously don't care if they keep spending money at this point. Uh, I think, you know, they were saying it's something absurd that the Warriors are going to have to pay. But it, if you win another championship, you really going to let Draymond just leave? Like, I understand they just had a, um, you know, a fight breakout in their locker room. And that should be handled. And uh, I think he's been very remorseful about it. I don't think he's running away from it. He made a mistake. Players make mistakes. Um, it's human nature. But if I'm winning, am I really going to mess up the formula? Am I going to go away from it? Um, you know, I think they find a way to get a deal if they need to, if they want to. Um, but you know, guys are getting paid. Draymond should get, get paid too. I just wonder if let's say they don't start off well this year and people are worried that the locker room's in turmoil. Do you think anything happens then? Like a possible trade? Uh, with strong leadership, I don't think that happens. Um, you know, they're the type of team that, can bounce back from anything. I think last year was a, a very good example of that. Uh, Draymond was out a little bit. Um, Steph was out a little bit. And so with those two guys, you understood the importance of both. Um, you know, Steph is so important to the offense, but on the defensive side, I think Draymond, whether it's communication wise or switching or, you know, taking the assignment on, uh, Draymond's just as responsible as anybody. And so uh, having those two guys and understand that there could be a law, you know, you got to have leadership that stays, stays in point and says, you know, being together through those tough moments makes us a better team.
No, and I definitely think, too, you kind of mentioned it. Draymond does the things that the Pools and the Wiggins really can't do. You know what I mean? He does the dirty work, a great passer, and a really good defender here, too. So you're right. Um, should be a fun one tonight, though, and I'm excited. I know you won't stay up for it, obviously, but I will. So I'll watch it and let you know how it goes. Um, I'll tape it for you. <laughs> yeah, just, I was just say, just get on, just get on like YouTube tomorrow and watch it, and then we can talk about it. Um, yeah. All right, let's end this on finals pick and MVP pick. Okay. Finals pick, I'm taking the Lakers. And MVP pick, I'm taking Ja Morant to be the MVP this year. Lakers over who? Lakers. Oh, man. Lakers over Celtics. I've been watching the Hulu documentary. And, man, I I really like the uh, Lakers-Celtics rivalry. It would be a great one to get them back in in the finals again. You watched – you watched uh, the 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 Lakers one on Hulu. Yes. What I'm episode the, you on? I just we're just getting in the Shaq and Kobe era. Okay, so it gets to me. And I think that's our because that's when we grew up. That to yep. me is when it got really good, and I really enjoyed it. And it it only gets better after that. So, yeah. uh, have you watched Redeem Team yet? I have watched Redeem Team. What'd you think Very of that? Good. Loved it. I have a newfound respect for Coach K. I was always a Duke fan, but. For the way he molded all those different personalities um, and was able to be jovial and humorous about it, uh, you can't say enough about what he did. Um, and it was really cool to see the Doug Collins story um, get played out. Man, I did not know that. And uh, the heartbreak you would have to deal with that. And to see the other players just react to that and understand um, he's part of their history was pretty cool. I think Kobe to me and that once really stood out to being, you know, the guy. I I just think that it really showed Kobe set the tone for that team. And I think the the story where they told where they all are coming back from the club and Kobe's getting ready to go down and then that changed everybody's mindset. I think really kind of I always thought Kobe was the man and loved him, but man, that one really stood out for me. I thought that was such a great documentary. Only an hour and a half though. So we didn't get like the normal ones where it's like ten episodes. But um but definitely awesome. Yeah. What a great show. And, you know, it's a, it's a great week. Um, I'm glad we got to go through all these different things. Um, you know, for me personally, I love getting on this show when we win. Uh, when we lose, it's, it's a little bit tougher. <laughs> but, uh, you know, thank you guys for watching and listening to our show, Not Just Football. I'm your host, Cam Hayward. Hayden, hope you had fun today. Hopefully we can do this again with another win next week. Please. The wins are much more fun. Uh, Much more fun. So let's win next week and let's have a good weekend. Let's win. Stay tuned. See you later.